Welcome to Growing Your Team, a podcast designed for small business owners seeking to grow their company with the help of employees and contractors. Your time is limited, which means growing and leveraging teams is essential for business success. The Growing Your Team podcast is the place to learn tips and techniques designed to help you know when it's the right time to hire, how to select perfect fit team members, and how to maximize productivity while creating a positive work environment. Drawing from her 10 plus years of leadership and hiring experience, here is your host, Jamie Van Kike. Hello, Jamie Van Kike here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, we have on Amanda Evans from Tight Ship Bookkeeping. Amanda is talking to us about her business and how she works with her team to be successful. She shares with us her journey from how her business grew quickly and how she planned and prepared for this growth so she could make each new addition of a new employee smooth, where she could continue serving her clients and get the benefit of having members on her team instead of feeling like all she was doing was managing her staff. So let's jump right into the interview. Hi, Amanda. Thank you so much for coming on today. You're welcome, Jamie. Thanks for having me. Let's get started with you taking the opportunity to tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your business. Sure. So I'm Amanda. I own Tight Ship Bookkeeping. We specialize in simple, streamlined, outsourced virtual bookkeeping for small businesses. Um, We started about a year and a half ago. Uh, We have grown to a team of five and uh, continue to grow. So that's that's a little bit about TightShip. Awesome. Amanda, one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on today to share your experience and your story with the audience is your business did grow pretty fast over this past year and a half. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that and how you recognize from when you started, it was time to bring on your first team member. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I have grown a lot very quickly. Um, but be- when I first started my company, um, I did a lot of research into kind of owning your own company, what it means to be an owner, what it means to be a manager. Um, I come from a family who has owned their own companies. My family's owned a pest control company for almost 100 years. So I've kind of grown up watching my dad run his company. Um, But stepping back, I, I found some books that kind of led me on my journey, right? Because I didn't want to do it exactly dad's way. I wanted to do it Amanda's way and tight ship's way. Um, So I read the E-Myth, which was to me just one of the best books about owning a company, successful, um, and and documenting everything you do in order to be able to run an efficient company. So I, I love off that book. Like, that book is pretty awesome. <laughs> right? Yes. That's have... the best, right? And they... Yes. If you haven't read it, make sure you go and read the E-Myth. Yeah. The E-Myth is the jam. And there was something that really, um, really stuck with me. And it's, you really don't own your own company unless you can step back and the company runs itself. If you remove yourself from the company, will it still run? If not, then you're really just working for yourself and you don't have a company. Yes. So I wanted to make sure that Tight Ship would be a company. Um, so growing my team would 
was always in the picture. Uh, so I knew that I needed to get to a point where my processes were established. I knew how I was going to train my employees. Um, and I needed to put together kind of how to efficiently manage that process, right? So I grew to a client base of 15 and I knew I was completely and utterly overwhelmed and I couldn't get it all done. But what I had done in that whole process is I recorded everything I did. I wrote down every process for every client. So then when I decided to actually hire somebody, I put all that together at first in Trello, uh, which is kind of clunky. Uh, but I put my videos, my how-tos, my everything in there, and then I just passed it along to my employee, uh, my first bookkeeper, to um, take a workload off of me so then I can go out and I can sell more and get more clients so I can do it all over again. Um, so my team consists of, I knew I needed somebody to do bookkeeping, right? Right. Because that's what I do. <laughs> And I wanted to not have to do it all the time, right? Um, so I needed a bookkeeper, um, but I had to establish kind of the roles of the bookkeeper. Because I am a streamlined virtual bookkeeping company, um, my virtual document retention system, so like how I collect the stuff from my clients, um, is hosted in this app called HubDoc. And I knew I didn't want the bookkeeper wasting their time coding the receipts and doing the monotonous stuff. I wanted them to do the main stuff, the reconciling, the making sure the clients go through there, making sure everything is correct in the, in the actual bookkeeping software. So I knew I also needed somebody um, to handle the, I'll call document data entry processing side of it. So when I first hired, I hired two employees. I hired a bookkeeper and I hired a data entry specialist. And the data entry specialist lives in that virtual document retention world and then my bookkeeper lives in the accounting software world um, and then I knew that I always wanted to review their work I wanted to be able to make sure they're doing it correctly and guide effectively on things they can improve on so um, I still review all of my clients books all of their work before anything gets delivered to the client um, so yeah that's <laughs> I grew so fast. Um, I think it was nine months in that I hired my my data entry specialist and my bookkeeper. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, so well, congratulations on that fast growth. Yeah. Hey, hey, thanks. So, because and you might not have experienced this because you grew so fast, but when you hired that first person who was going to be taking over that work and doing everything in the background, how did you get over? the kind of the fear of delegating because for the first few months it was just you handling these clients and now you had to trust someone else to do that work and possibly have your clients know that someone else is doing that work even though when they yeah. hired your company they hired you you didn't have anybody else at that time right. right um i did have a little bit of fear of kind of delegating but ultimately i go back to the emit right um i have to delegate to take the stress off of me I think what made me feel better is the fact that I had those processes in place. I had the tight ship way recorded. I had how I do everything recorded. So it kind of alleviated a little bit of my stress of, are they going to do it my way? Are they going to do it the right way? Are they going to do it whatever, right? Because they could watch the video of me doing it. I talk through my reasoning behind things. 
and it's, it's documented both in written form and video form, and I provide them with, uh, we communicate via Slack, and they know they can ask me questions anytime. So I feel like that was a little bit relieved because I had all that stuff in place. So I could just kind of take it off my plate. So it was all about the planning and getting ahead of the yes. game. I love hearing that. Yes. So planning is my jam. Yes. I know. And I felt kind of stupid, right? The first couple of months recording all these videos for this imaginary team member that might come. Um, <laughs> recording everything I do, you know, but I knew I had to do it. I knew the day would come. So um, starting day one, I was writing down everything and recording everything. And I felt so silly talking to myself. <laughs> but, but you're probably so thankful now. Like you're looking back and you're like, oh. this has helped. <laughs> Uh, yes, absolutely. Granted, my my videos back then were like 30-minute videos, and now I look back and I'm like, okay, I should have done like five-minute snippets of past, right? But right. I'm so grateful I did it um, because it's been a true lifesaver for both me and my bookkeeper. She still goes back and looks at the videos. Um, ugh, I'm so happy I did that. Good. Now, has there been any situations where your team members are now going through this process that you created where they're coming to you and saying, you know, Amanda, this process really doesn't make sense. Can we change things? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I seriously encourage my employees to find more streamlined ways of doing things, right? Because I'm not the end-all be-all of running tight ships. And I knew hiring my girl Christy on that she would kind of grow with me. And we talked about that. And said, you know, if you want to join my team, we're going to grow together. I'm a startup, so we're going to, we're going to do this together. And she comes with me with suggestions. So, for example, the video thing, right? She said, Amanda, this whole process is not good. Uh, let's find another software to maybe split it up or assign it in tasks and assess. Uh, as far as workload and streamlining goes, um, she also helped me find a new, I'll call it a CRM, uh, so we could more efficiently manage the flow from the document retention to the accounting and so we could both manage of where things were in the steps um, before we deliver the end product to our clients. So she got me on a accounting specific CRM, I'll call it, and workflow management uh, system that's really just kicking butt. Um, so that was awesome from her. And I really encourage all of my employees to come with me those suggestions and do the research um, because ultimately I feel like that's what ends up being a good manager, right? Um, right? And not being afraid to come to the employer or their boss or whoever and say, hey, dude, this is not working. This is really hard for me. I think it would be better if we did it this way. Um, and that's exactly what Christy did when it came to managing the workload. Um, because there were things that would get dropped by me, honestly. Um, so it's been a huge help for both her and I to find that new system. Right. 
Yeah, I always believe in encouraging innovation when it comes with our employees. They see things from a different perspective. Sometimes they're the actual ones going through the process. You know, we created it, we hand it off. Now they're taking it over and you have to keep improving. But at the same time, yes. sometimes it's hard to hear, especially at first when you have your first team members to, for someone to be like, you know, that thing <laughs> you created, that thing that you worked really hard on, I don't like it. We need to change it. Yeah, it's that. <laughs> but it's it's all about you know keeping that that mind open that there's always better ways to do things and it's right. not about them telling you that you suck it's you know hey I just have a different perspective I'm seeing things in a different light can we try this ultimately here's here's my deal and they know this too if it kind of fits within the tight ship bubble and our motto and in our end deliverable and the way we do things then yeah you can change whatever you want to change if we decide it's the best interest of the company, right? So right. I totally encourage them to be innovative because honestly, that's how I was in the workplace, right? I'm always coming to my boss about new ideas or whatever, right? And I wasn't ever afraid to do it and I encourage my employees to do it too. And I've been lucky not having these dictator bosses that, that shut me down as a uh, employee and I think ultimately it's helped me become a man better manager right um, right because I knew how valued I felt when they accepted my my opinions on things uh, yeah. so I, I feel like that's super important to bring back to my company as well yeah so speaking of your team members because you mentioned a lot of things are digital your clients all are all over so are your employees do they come to an office or are they remote my employees are actually remote um, they do their work from home. They do their work at all hours. Um, and unfortunately, that makes me on call at all hours. But um, it works out really nicely. So currently, I have uh, stay-at-home moms that work when their kids are napping or after their kids are in bed. And it's working out really nicely for them and really nicely for me because ultimately I'm a virtual company, so I don't need people to come into an office. I don't need to be sitting next to somebody. We have awesome, it's the 21st century, we have awesome tools like Slack, uh, email, um, just good, effective communication tools right at our fingertips to be able to make it doable. So why would I spend the money on the real estate to have somebody sitting next to me? So. Ultimately, it was a win-win for everybody. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, to be able to offer flexibilities for people that, you know, have things that make it so they can't really do a nine-to-five schedule, but they can still be valuable team members. There's so many positions out there that don't need to be, you know, clock watchers in a way where you have to check in at nine and you can't leave till five and only take so much of a lunch break. So I think it's very important to find what works best for your business and your employees. Yes, and I've definitely held positions where I do need to be in the office from eight to five and sometimes a lot longer, um, and it worked for them. I probably wouldn't have been able to do that job virtually, uh, so it really ultimately depends on the job position and what they're doing. Um, yes. Mine have the luxury of being able to do it from wherever. I mean, I went down to Ecuador and I was doing my job in Ecuador. Um, so it, it just really gives that flexibility for sure. Yes. So you started off that first year you hired your first two employees. You said about that nine month mark. And now I think you said you have about nine. Is that right? 
Five. Five. Okay. Jumped way five. too far. Yep. Way too, way too quick. Well, you had that, those first two and now you have five. What made you realize, what are the trigger points in your business that maybe other people can watch for to say, hey, it's time to expand again. We need another person. And do you have things set up where you're being proactive or is it more reactive? Yeah. So ultimately mine is client load, right? So I know that my bookkeepers can really only handle five to 10 clients uh, a piece, depending on how many hours they, they have available to work. So if they're a part-time employee, I might only push five clients on them. Um, if they're a full-time employee, which uh, I ha Christy is really close to the full-time now, um, they can handle at least 15 clients. So uh, it really ultimately depends on the number of clients I have and the workload associated with each one of those clients and how much they can handle as far as hours in the day. Uh, as far as my data entry people go, uh, I think, again, client load and number of, of documents that push through and honestly how much they want to work and how much they want to make. Because that position is, I'll call it piecework. They either get paid minimum wage or 50 cents a transaction they process. And generally, they process well over minimum wage in, uh, in, in their piecework. So it's ultimately on how much they want to make and how much they want to actually do. Um, so right now, I just only have two data entry people, and each one of them handles probably about 15 clients. I think that's such an interesting setup because most people are sometimes afraid to bring on team members because they're like, I don't have enough for a full-time team member. But here you are, you have this team of employees where the work can fluctuate, where they're more in that part-time yeah. level and one week or one month of the year, probably at the end of the year when people are trying to, the procrastinators that didn't, weren't keeping up with their books are now trying to get everything together, that they can have a little bit yeah. more work. But other times of the year, you have it set up in a way where it handles those ebbs and flows. Exactly. Yeah. So I can tell you right now, the first week of every month. So like from the first through the eighth of every month is cuckoo crazy for my bookkeepers. They're doing all the reconciliations and then it slows down after that for the rest of the month. So they may be getting close to full-time hours during those first week of the month and then it just kind of calms down and it's just the problem solving and the day-to-day -day entry and maintaining of their books and then yeah at the end of the year when everybody calls um and says help me catch up my books um and this is something i need to work out better because i have currently in my model where if i get a new client i do all the work for the first quarter so i can record how to do it. So I can write down the process for each one of those clients. And then when I pass it off, everything's done for that client. So what ends up happening is, is in October when everybody calls me and says, oh, fart, I haven't done any of my books for this year. Amanda, please help me. Guess who ends up having to do all that work? I do. Uh, which is good because then my bookkeepers see the, the mass crazy and how I catch up books. Um, so maybe next year I'll be able to pass along the how to catch up a client's books or a new client's books at the end of the year um, because it's a totally different process from my month to month, right? right. Uh, so catch up is just kind of let's get the, the data into the system, let's get the reports out, let's get something so their accountant can file their taxes. 
uh, versus my month to month where it's more meaningful, where I'm really looking at each receipt. I'm making sure it goes into the right bucket. I'm double checking the date. I'm double checking the vendor. I'm double checking the item. I'm then in turn reconciling it for them. Any receipts that they don't have in their accounting software that aren't in the document. So let's say a transaction comes through their bank feed and I don't have that receipt in HubDoc to be able to match it. I'm going to email them at the end of each month or each quarter a list of, of receipts they need to go hunt down. So it's a totally different ball game where one's like nitty gritty. Let's just get it done. Let's get them caught up. Let's make sure everything looks right. We'll review it with them. If there needs to be changes, let's, we can change it the review. Versus my month to month where we reconcile, we send out missing receipts, then we send out the reports once we get those receipts back, then we have a good solid client meeting where we review financials, and then we do it all over again, right? Um, right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am getting the client catch-up work, so maybe next year I uh, pass that book. Goals for the next year with hiring. Yeah. yeah. So. Earlier in the conversation, you had mentioned that you review all the work before it's sent out to the clients. After your team members complete their job, you're doing a review, a check on it. For some yeah. people, that could sound very cumbersome, and some people might be listening and yeah. thinking, wait, if I have to check all their work, is it really saving time compared to me just doing right. it myself? So can you tell us a little bit more about that process and how you're saving time by just doing a check versus doing all the work yourself. Right. So um, when it comes to accounting and bookkeeping, my biggest thing is the more eyes, the better, right? Um, your books are going to be more clean. You, um, there's a chance for me to maybe find fraud, stealing. Um, you just never know. So the more eyes, the better. Even if people hire me, I always encourage them to hire an accountant as well. Um, to just have another set of eyes. But when it comes to my review, it is, I seriously go through the book. I pull up a detailed journal of all of their transactions. I make sure there's no duplicates. I make sure the bucket they're in kind of makes sense, right? We don't want an expense in a sales category, right? Um, just quickly doing that saves a ton of time because I'm not actually doing the like I would normally, I would do all the work, I would do all the reconciliations, and I also would review it because I'm not going to send client messed up books, right? I want it to be pristine when I send it to them and their financials over to them. I want it to be accurate. I want it to be correct. Um, and then also, I would review it anyway. So I'm reviewing the same way I would review my own work. Um, so that process really isn't going over somebody it's something that's already built into the whole process i'm just doing a portion of it um so then when i go to review it, it i am looking at the numbers i can notice if there's any trends so then when we go and have that financial review meeting i know what the heck i'm talking about because i haven't seen the day-to-day -day like my bookkeepers have um, if I was doing everything, if I was doing the bookkeeping, the reconciliation, the posting of everything, and then reviewing my financials, yeah, my financial review meeting would be super easy because it's already on the top of my head. But when I'm doing a financial review meeting for my clients that my bookkeeper and my data entry specialist is handling, 
I need to be able to review those financials so A, I know what the heck I'm talking about, right? Because I haven't seen these books the whole month. Um, and I know that they're doing their job correctly. So if there's a mistake, I make note of it and I just shoot an uh, email or a Slack message over to my, my team member and say, hey, this should have been classified as this because of this thinking. Or maybe I'll do a video of, hey, this is how I review. This doesn't look right. Here's why I'm thinking it doesn't work right. And then I'll send that over to my employees. So not only does it provide me with clarity on what the client's books look like so I have, can have a meaningful conversation with them, but it also gives me a training opportunity for my employees um, if they do mess things up because I may mess things up too, right? So I'll do the same process even when I screw up, right? Even when I'm doing the books, I will do the same process. So it's not really an extra step. It's what I would do anyway. I'm just mm -hmm. taking a piece of it. So. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I know that may not apply to everybody, but yeah, no. piece of it, the end piece of the work, right? And that, that is, that's a great way to think of it is there's so much more work that goes into the process versus just doing the review. So you're not going in repeating the process to make sure that they did their work right. You're just looking over the final output. Exactly. Yeah. Making sure that everything makes sense. I'm not, here's sometimes, most of the time I don't touch a single thing. I say, great job. Off you go. Here's your product. Awesome. Yeah. So going back to the e-myth principles and everything, <laughs> do you think you'll get to the point where you don't do that review or you have someone else in your business completing it instead of you? Yes. 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 Um, so as a review, I, again, am making a video for an imaginary employee that does not exist yet. Um, so in the end, I don't have to do this. Um, and doing it the tight ship way, so I'll call it my efficient way and the way I communicate with my clients, um, I'm documenting, right? So then I can just pass it off to somebody else um, because ultimately, yeah, I just want to kick back and I don't have a company. What happens if I croak tomorrow? I want my clients still to be, still to be able to have tight ship continue the good work. You know, I feel like tight ship is its own little machine doing its things and I'm just right now the the face of it. Um, right. So yeah. Yeah. Yes. You mentioned the tight ship way. And I feel like this brings up a good point that I want to, you know, stress with listeners is even when you're hiring employees that have done a job before and they're then doing it just for you, it's still important to have training and like this and figure out your processes because your way is always going to be different than someone else's way. Even like there might just be minor things, but there's still things that are going to be different the way you want to do it versus if one of your employees, for example, Amanda was working, came to you from a different bookkeeping company, might know the basics of bookkeeping, but they don't know your way yet. Right. Right. It's yes, yes, yes. And I've been there before where I've done the same job in multiple different companies and every, every company has their own way. Um, so you need to find an employee that isn't super negative against your way. Like, well, in my last job, I did it X, Y, Z way. Um, those people are just are not going to work uh, when it comes to having a solid brand identity, I guess you could call it, uh, for your business. They have to be willing to learn it your way, too, uh, which makes 
your company special, right? Your clients came to you for a reason. It's because they like you and they like the way that your company does things or maybe the way they think that your company does things. Um, having that background is great, yes, but having the ability to, um, to change to a different company's way of thinking is super important. Having, having that open mind to learn a company's new way of doing things. Uh, for us here at Tightship, I'm very concise. Uh, I'm not very wordy, so that's kind of part of the tight ship way. Uh, I'm, I make things as streamlined as possible. Uh, one of the most important things for me was I noticed a lot of bookkeepers and accountants are very quick to ask questions about transactions. So let's say you bought something from Best Buy. Instead of just asking or looking at the receipt, that you provided to them and seeing what's on the Best Buy receipt and then classifying it as such, they are very quick to send you an email saying, why did you go to Best Buy? What did you buy here? Is it for business purposes? Um, and I wanna kind of take that away from, from the client's responsibility because ultimately they're paying us to do the work for them. Why would I bombard them with a thousand questions? Right. So I always tell my bookkeepers they need to do the research first. If you don't know what XYZ place that they bought this widget was, do a, a quick Google, Google search on the SKU number on the receipt. Do a quick Google search of what this store is. Do, a quick go like, do the work first before you go and ask the client for information. Um, and that's very not like most bookkeeping and accounting positions that I've worked in uh, and that I work with. So that is definitely a key tight shift way, I'll call it. Um, so. Awesome. I love that. I love being proactive and figuring out what you can find out before having to involve the client who's, who's yeah, hiring you to save time. So the more time exactly. you can save them I mean from answering questions. Exactly. They might as well do it themselves at that point in time if they're answering a million emails. Like, come on. Like, just do the work. It takes right. you two seconds. Hit Google. Yes. So, obviously, being in bookkeeping, you are seeing all the numbers coming in and out, what they're earning, mm -hmm. what's going out. And so, probably some of your clients have team members and have employees. So what are some things that you might see or that you've noticed in people's numbers that it's kind of like a good warning or heads up to people that want to bring on employees? What, what should they be aware of? Yeah. So usually if a client comes to me and they say, Hey, you know, I really want to add on a team member. The first thing that we're going to look at is we're going to look at their revenue and we're going to look at their current cost of goods sold or their cost of sales or their uh, payroll expenses, compare it to their revenue, and see if there's room for growth. So if you're looking at the, kind of, if you're currently under around 50% of your revenue going to payroll or cost of goods sold, there might be a little bit of wiggle room to be able to hire somebody else on. Um, so if you do hire somebody on, you also need to have a growth plan, right? You don't want to hire an employee just to hire an employee, there's a reason for it, right? You want to grow, you want to make more money, blah, 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 blah. So when you say, I want to hire XYZ employees, then I turn and I say, okay, what's going to happen to this profit? What are we going to do to this revenue to increase it? 
uh, if you're going to spend, let's say, 3000 extra a month on an employee, what are you going to in turn be able to allocate some of your freed up resources to growing your revenue uh, to offset the cost of them to keep your margins around the same? Uh, and it might take a little bit of time to establish that growth. So hiring an employee is an investment. Hopefully you get your return on your equity. Um, right. Yes. So yeah, that's, that's definitely what I look at <laughs> is, um, is there room, a little bit of room to, for growth? So is your payroll expenses or your cost of sales under 50%? If there is, then yeah, you could probably afford to hire somebody um, to help you grow. Yeah, I think that's very good because that's one thing when I'm working with my clients, we're we're always talking about, okay, what type of help does your business need? We do look at, I always tell my clients the same thing. It's like, you need to return on your investment for bringing on this employee. Most of them, it's financial return. So it's like, okay, if you need a financial return on this employee, how, how are you going to get that? Are they actually in a position where it's going to help your business get that additional revenue that you want to bring in, either by bringing in indirectly or indirectly? But then some right. people, some people, it is more time. You know, I do work with some business owners yeah. who are just like, I just need to spend less time working. And for them, that's one thing I say, can your business cover this expense on your current revenue? Because yeah. if you can't, yeah. then you can't bring someone in that's not going to earn you more revenue. Exactly. And, you know, hopefully, well, this goes back to the e-myth, right? Do you want to just step back and let your business rise, right? And and maintain the same numbers, that would be ideal, right? I would love that. But hopefully the both of them happen, where you hire this person on, they kick butt and take names, you have a little bit more free time, you give them some more revenue, and then maybe they can keep growing it, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. there's so many possibilities. All right, Amanda. Employees are wonderful. <laughs> They, yes, they definitely can be. Employees are wonderful when they you get the right ones in in the right positions to help grow your business or achieve the goals that you want to achieve within your business. Exactly. All right, Amanda, how can people get in touch with you? So some people are sitting there saying, I need a bookkeeper. I need help getting all this done and I want to join your list of clients. How can people get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, the easiest way is to go to my website www.tightshipbookkeeping.com. That's two O's, two K's, two E's. And then just fill out a contact us form um, and, and I'll shoot over an email. And that's the best way to. You can also visit us on Facebook. Um, we are Tightship on Facebook. And you can also fill out a contact us form there and we'll, we'll respond to your messages. And then also on Instagram, uh, at tightshipbookkeeping. And then just shoot me a DM and I'll, I'll get you all hooked up. And all those links will be included in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time today, Amanda. Before we wrap up, I want to ask you the question that I like asking everybody. We all have had managers and leaders in our life, whether it's been our business life or our professional life. And there's some that really stand out to us as great managers and leaders. So think of a great manager or leader that you have had and share with us one quality or characteristic this person had to make them stand out as that top-notch, amazing leader in your mind. Yeah. So my absolute favorite boss would invest in me learning the position better than anybody else in that position at the company. So he took the time to train me and have an open door for questions 
answer my questions, just being there on calls to be able to to guide me and train me and encourage me to ask him questions to be able to make me the best. He wanted his employees to be the best. So um, he just taught me everything I knew. So he was great. Absolutely great. Awesome. So really invested in you and wanted to see that growth. That is, that is definitely signs of a good leader. So you're very lucky to have that leader in your past. He was awesome. He was awesome. Uh, Bob McMichael, thank you so much. Thank you, Amanda. It was so great having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Jamie. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me on. You were awesome. Keep up the great work. Thank you. And that wraps up today's episode of the Growing Your Team podcast. As you can see from Amanda's experience and from what she shared with us today, that when you plan in your business, great things can happen. So Amanda planned for her business growth. She knew where she wanted her business to go from when she started to where it is today to where it's going to be in the future. Once she had planned that out, she knew which team members she needed to add to support her future business goals. So that way, when she hired, she was bringing in the right people instead of just bringing in people who could help her with items at that particular moment in time, but could help with that future growth. She also planned in advance by proactively putting together training so that way, when she did hire those new team members, she could focus on quickly getting them up to speed instead of starting from scratch of having to put together an intensive training program so they could learn the tight ship way and continue doing things the way her clients expected when they became a client of her business. So there's so many great things that can happen in your business and with your team when you plan in advance. So take the time, think about today, where you want your business to go in the future and what positions you're going to need to support that future business of yours. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Growing Your Team with your host, Jamie Van Kite. Be sure to subscribe and head on over to growingyourteam.com to connect, access the show notes, and discover more ways to hire and leverage your perfect fit team.